0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the African People podcast. This podcast is about Africa, regarding the political side, the historical side, the economical side, the cultural side, and so many more. Each week, I deliver my best thought and analysis regarding Africa. Here, your host, Amar Biba. I have a special guest with me here. Her name is Clara Gerard Rodriguez. She's a criminal lawyer in France, and she's a specialist in international public law, international crime law, and humanitarian law. Thank you so much for joining me this weekend on African People Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Please, can you tell us uh, a little background about uh, Vital Kamere, please? Uh, yes, yeah, so
1: Vital Kamere is a prominent politician from the DRC, where he's very well known. He was the president of the National Assembly until 2009, uh, which is when he resigned to join the opposition and create his own party, the UNC, uh, so that's for Union of the Congolese Nation, um, with which he was a candidate at the presidential election in 2011 and 2018. During this last election, he eventually formed an alliance with current president Félix Tshisekedi, um, mm-hmm. according to which, so Tshisekedi was supposed to be candidate for the 2018 election and mm-hmm. Vital Camere for the 2023 election. Mm -hmm. Um, He eventually became Félix Tifekedi Chief of Staff in January 2019, Mm -hmm. and is now considered to be the number two
0: in the Congolese government. Okay. I know that uh, Vital Kamere has been sentenced for 20 years uh, in prison for embezzlement and public funds. Can you walk us through about that, please?
1: Yes, so Vital Camere was arrested on the 8th of April 2020 in connection with an investigation into a program called the 100 Days program, which Mm -hmm. is a program of construction of housing and public infrastructure, including transport infrastructures in the DRC that was initiated by President Tisekedi when he came to power. Vital Kamerhe was arrested and charged with corruption and embezzlement of public funds in connection with his program. Um, he was sent to the Makala prison, which is one of the, the main prisons of the DRC in Kinshasa, um where he shared his cell with nine other accused in conditions that are quite dramatic for his health, including, um, you know, in particular in the context of the the actual current pandemic of uh, Covid nineteen. So this is why even before the beginning of the trial, we formed an urgent appeal to the UN. Working group on arbitrary detention to ask for his um, immediate release, mm-hmm. considering the illegality of his detention according to both Congolese law and international human rights standards, um, and also the detriment that his condi- detention condition put on his health. So uh, the trial eventually started on the 11th of May. It lasted. Un- only mm-hmm. five days, there were only five days of hearings, and Vital Camere mm-hmm. was sentenced on the 20th of June. Uh, so he was mm-hmm. sentenced to 20 years of forced labor. Uh, so not only mm-hmm. imprisonment, the forced labor, uh, and 30 years of ineligibility and inability to access public
0: office. Okay, So 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 let's talk about that. So why are you convinced that he's innocent? Because uh, I think so. Some people think so. He's innocent, especially the people who support him. So, as a lawyer, why are you convinced he's innocent?
1: I mean, I am personally convinced of Vital Camere's innocence, but more importantly, um, and because it's not for me, you know, as a defense lawyer, to assess whether he's guilty or not. That's the, the job of the judge, eventually speaking, mm. and. Um, What we see is that in the DRC, like in any other democratic nation with an independent justice system, the burden of proof falls on the shoulder of the prosecutor. Mm -hmm. Um, So, stead differently, it is the job of the prosecutor to bring forward the proof of the accused person's guilt. Um, In this case, we see very clearly that the prosecutor didn't bring this proof, that the prosecutor didn't prove the guilt of Vital Camere beyond a reasonable doubt, mm-hmm. but more importantly, that there were no contradictory debate of the evidence brought forward, that mm-hmm. the defense lawyers, so us and our co-counsel in the DRC, didn't have access to the case file, were not able to assess the evidence, to debate this evidence before the judge, and that the judgment that was eventually entered on the twentieth of June does not meet the standards expected by you know in, international law instruments, um, which which are are necessary to for a fair trial and fair trial rights of the accused. So, I mean, the question is not so much why I'm convinced of his innocence is whether the prosecutor proved the guilt of Vital Camere and whether. The, the bench judges conducted a fair, independent, impartial trial and eventually reached a fair verdict. And this is not the case.
0: Okay, so 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 you just said that you don't think so. They find guilt. So I think so. They have to find guilt before they sentence him for 20 years in prison. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Okay. okay, talk, okay. That's the reason why. I, that's the reason why I think so. They find him guilty, especially about the contract for those housings because according to information, they have to build 1,400 houses and then they did not finish to build that. So talking about a a little bit about politics, some people think so is politics. Do you think so? politics has played a big role? I
1: mean, of course, the the, the trial of Vital Camere is first and foremost political. Uh, And not only given, you know, the position and the title of the accused who was, the president's chief of staff and presented by everyone as the next candidate of the of the union for in the in the 2023 presidential election but the nature of the trial itself was very political the the trial was live streamed on tv from you know the courtyard of the prison um vital cameri was wearing his inmate outfit um the, the trial gave you know, room to a lot of political debates in the DRC, but also to a lot of protests from both his supporters and his opponent. So the nature of the political was itself political. And as you know, as defense lawyers, we've been called from the beginning for a calm, peaceful trial process that would be respectful of both Congolese procedure, but also the international standards um, of, of a fair of a fair trial, and we see that all these standards have been violated in this case. That the trial of Vital Camere was not a fair trial, failed to meet the the international requirements, and this
0: is also why we formed an appeal immediately. So, so talking about uh, you said that uh, the trial wasn't fair, and uh, I saw that some people already start protesting. To, because they think so the trial wasn't fair. Can you please explain to me why you think so the trial wasn't fair at all? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, we, we first have to ask
1: ourselves like what is a fair trial? A fair trial includes the right to be heard by an independent and impartial tribunal, um, the right to know the nature and the details of the charges brought against you, the presumption of innocence. The right to be uh, defended by the person of your choice, and we see that all these principles have been violated, have been breached in this case. Um, the, the the accused had, you know, was arrested without even knowing what was the charges um, against him. He his lawyer didn't have access to the case file didn't have access to the evidence brought forward by the prosecution and counsel for the civil parties Um, there were no true contradictory debates given that the evidence was um were, were not disclosed um the defense had no time to prepare everything went very quickly in a very expedited manner and, you know, us as defense counsel, but also sometimes victims counsel, we always call for, you know, the right of everyone to be tried um, in, a, in a reasonable time, you know, in a reasonable amount of time. But the, the other other side of the middle, if I can say, is is also problematic. I mean, an expedited justice process, a process where the defense doesn't have time to prepare the trial is, is also problematic. Um, something also very dramatic happened during this trial since uh, the president you know, died on the second day, like the night of the second day of court, and was replaced immediately by another judge who didn't necessarily have the same knowledge of the case and yet was not given the time um, to prepare. So all of these reasons, plus you know, the detention of Vital Camere, who also didn't meet international standards, who didn't respect Congolese law in particular in times of uh, in terms of um of delays and where were do didn't meet the the standards that we expect from a country like the DRC which is a very you know influential country in Africa and um which is in the process of a democratic transition
0: so do you believe that there's a, there is a selective justice in Congo
1: I mean, the matter is not so much whether there is a selective justice, but justice must be independent and impartial from the executive. So, um, you know, of course, we call for everyone to have access to the justice system and also everyone to be tried and treated equally by the justice system. Um, regardless of how powerful they are, regardless of their position or um, the, the political affiliation, but the, the the problem is also you know in the opposite is in the in the um, in the opposite end when you see that the the trial process is in, instrumentalized sometimes by by the executive or for political or personal means. Um, so what we can see in Congo today is that everything w- went very quickly. So justice, the justice process was expedited. And in in this sense, of course, yes, we can ask ourselves whether this trial was truly fair, independent, and impartial.
0: Okay, you understand that uh, you know that tomorrow is Friday. Tomorrow is, is the twenty-fourth. So tomorrow they will open. Uh, tomorrow they will open the the appeal. So can you tell mm-hmm. us about that, please?
1: Yes, yeah, so absolutely. So we filed the appeal directly after the judgment was um, and was uh, pronounced on the 20th of June, and it's uh, scheduled to start this Friday on the 24th. Unfortunately, Pierre Olivier Sure and I, so the the French lawyers of Vital Camere, are not able to go to the DRC to be present for this first hearing, and we hope that we will be able to make the trip for uh, the next hearings that will follow Uh, but we you know we work closely with our client and with our co-counsel there in the drc to prepare the appeal so uh, tomorrow on the 24th the, the issues that will be discussed during before the appeals chamber are procedural issues and following following this the chamber should decide on a date for the case to be addressed on its merits.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's talk about uh, his wife. I know that uh, they seized uh, his uh, his or her, pro- her property in France and some and some places. Can you tell us about that more?
1: Yeah. So um, some some properties belonging to Vital Camere's wife were seized or confiscated by the the judgment was um, the, the, the ju- judgment of the twentieth of June the problem was that the wife of Vital Cameri was not a party to the trial she was not a an accused she was not even called as a witness and so the confiscation of her property is very detrimental and prejudicial to her, I mean, to her right of property, which is a fundamental right. The um, the issue is also that the, the judgment does not show, does not you know um, detail how they consider the property to be linked with the crimes that were um, Camero was char- charged with. So, so this is an issue, and and uh, the appeal that was formed by our council in the DRC is formed, of course, on behalf of Vital Camere, but also on behalf of his wife and all other parties who were affected by by this judgment.
0: So, in your view, in your view, what is the reason why they confiscate the confiscates his uh, her, her property?
1: I mean, I think I mean, the, 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 the problem is not so much what are the reasons. The reason that is given in the judgment is that there was a corruption, there was embezzlement of public funds, and therefore all properties are seized. The problem is that they don't connect these properties and uh, belonging, I repeat, to the wife of Vital Camere with these specific crimes. Um, we, as defense lawyers, learned about this issue, about the issue of properties, uh, that were that were alleged bought in, in France in the suburbs of Paris on the very last day of the trial. We were never informed beforehand that this was an issue and that there was a possibility that these properties were confiscated. So we also didn't have time to prepare for this kind of argument before the, the first instance tribunal. Um, so in appeal, it will also be for us the first time, the first opportunity that we will have to discuss the issue of the properties, to show why they are not coming, connected um, with the facts of the case and to to insist on the fact that Vital Camere's wife was not a party to the proceedings and that should not therefore not be um, prejudiced by the judgment.
0: How is Vital Camere doing? Because uh, according to information, he's not doing well at all right now. I mean, Vital Camere has been
1: jailed in, you know, a very overcrowded, um, prison that was built, I mean, the prison, the Makala prison in Kinshasa was built in the 60s for 1,500 people. And there are today up to 10,000 inmates in the prison. Vital Camere shares his cell with nine other people. Uh, he's, um, you know, in regarding his, his age, his uh, health condition, he has Heart and, um, and the lungs, lungs uh, you know, difficulties, complications that, that came, that, that started because of the detention and because of the, the conditions of his detention. So, mm-hmm. this is the reason why we also seized the UN, the United Nations, of an urgent appeal to you know, insist on the fact that his detention is unlawful, doesn't respect international standards, and that he should therefore be released. So um, we are waiting for the decision of the the UN working group very shortly now, and we accept that the GRC will take this decision into consideration, will take Vital Kamere's health into consideration, and release him as soon as possible.
0: So I understand that uh, the president and Vital Kamere has signed uh, signed has signed uh, a call to understand each other to work together as a as a political members. So what do you think about the president? Do you think so? I understand that, uh, again, as a democracy, the justice has to be partial, the justice has to be there for everybody. But do you think so the president should do, should have done a favor to him?
1: Well, it's not a matter of doing a favor. What we ask is for the justice system to be completely separated from the executive and from political issues. So, so no, the president should not do a favor to Vidal Camere, but himself and the government, the executive power in general, and the parliamentary power also, should just refrain from interfering with the trial process, from intervening in the trial process in all, in, in, in all respects.
0: Oh, thank you. Would you like to add anything else?
1: Um yeah, you so I would just like to uh pay my regards and my respects to our co-counsel in the DRC who are doing a tremendous job in the defense of Vital Camere. Um we we had hoped to be there with them tomorrow, and unfortunately, we won't be able to do so because of I mean, travel restriction due to coronavirus. Plus, we were not able to get a visa on time. Um, but, you know, I mean, the GRC is a great country. It's a very influential country today. And um, and we, you know, as defense lawyer, it is also our job to point out the, the flaws of any any justice system, and we do so uh, in the DRC, but also in France, in Europe, in the US, um, everywhere, because at the end of the day, we all work towards the same goal, which is a future where all trials will be fair, where the justice system will be truly uh, independent, will be truly impartial, and where the human rights of all people that come before um, the justice system being victims or accused, have the the human rights respected. So today I really want to pay my regards to our co-counsel in in the DRC, but also to all lawyers around the world, both, you know, uh, defense lawyer and victim's lawyer who are fighting every day for for fair trial rights to be respected.
0: Thank you so much for joining me this week on African People Podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Amadou. Thank you
0: for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me this week on African People Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify on YouTube so you will never miss a show again. Thank you so much. See you.